Good morning, Cherub. Good morning, Hush. Hello and welcome to the Cherub Chats podcast. I'm your host, Guardian Angel and Big Sis, Heather Michelle, and welcome to episode number eight. And also, welcome to the final part of our glow up series. And this week, we're going to be talking about career, more specifically, my career and how I got into content creation. This week, our cherubs asked content creating slash monetizing journey, financial and some book recommendations for glowing up in other aspects. I want to be better about my daily habits and being consistent. I want to improve my relationship on my end and my communication, how to be social, and some skincare tips. I get a lot of questions about um, how I got into full-time content creation, how I make money, all these things, and I feel like it was my whole life leading up to this moment. Ever since I was little, I was super passionate about clothes and hair. Like I said in a previous episode, I would blow out my hair to go to second grade. Like I would take a fat round brush and a blow dryer and I would like flip the ends of my little bob. I would pick out my own outfits. I would cry if I didn't like my outfit or it would ruin my day. Like I've always just been a really true girly girl. And when it came time to school, I loved arts. I loved creative things. And outside of school, I was always doing like little arts and crafts. I was always like cutting paper or cutting clothes to make it look like new or taking some of my mom's old clothes and making it look like something I could wear. Um, I was always just very hands-on, very creative. And I think it also has to do with my ADHD. Like I, I wasn't the type of kid that could just sit in front of the TV forever. Like I would get a little antsy and I would have to do some sort of project because like my growing up a little little when I was little I was pretty much a latchkey kid which means you stay at home alone a lot so I couldn't go outside and play necessarily um so I would find things to do around the house so when it came time to find jobs outside of high school and during college I actually obviously had the first couple ones be food-based I worked at Chipotle I worked at Nectar and I eventually made my way into the beauty industry by becoming a secretary at dry bar and even though i wasn't a hairstylist i learned a lot while working at dry bar about like hair texture products hair in general how people blow dry how people like style different ways to use different tools i also then worked at another hair salon that was more of a full service with cuts and colors and like perms and keratin treatments and they also did makeup and brows and waxing and all this stuff so i learned a lot during my time there and that was probably one of my favorite places to work um because it was just working with a whole bunch of girls it was like just friends and I learned a lot I got to do my own hair I got to you know play around with my hair color and it was just really fun um after my my stint I then kind of pivoted and it became a visual merchandiser and if you don't know what a visual merchandiser is a visual merchandiser is responsible for designing and creating attractive visual displays for retail outlets as creative and innovative thinkers they use their skills in visual design and space utilization to enhance the aesthetic appeal of window displays walkways counters and in-store displays so through this job I learned about marketing buying trends um set design window design I also obviously started mannequins and I put together outfits and I learned like outfit formulas and textures and colors and like what works what doesn't silhouettes and all these things and so my first my first visual merchandising job was forever 21 which surprisingly was probably one of the more difficult 
places to work just because it was so chaotic, so unorganized. It was just crazy. It wasn't really thoroughly planned, but I learned a lot of like the basics of visual merchandising here. I wouldn't say I was the best. I was probably one of the worst people on the team for visual merchandising because I had never done it before. I also didn't have much of a an eye for detail and because i didn't pay attention i just would like put things together i don't know if you're a visual merchandiser you understand what i'm trying to say it was really fun though but i learned like the basics of window displays and mannequins and um a lot of like more young trends and fun trends i worked with at forever 21 then i moved to zara and then i moved to h&m and lastly i landed at nordstrom that was my last visual merchandising job it was super fun. That was probably my favorite place to be, actually, um, because, I mean, obviously the product was amazing. You had really nice brands, really nice product. You had your choice of, like, designer things to use on the mannequins, and that was always so fun. Um, but a little, a little tea, a little drama. There was this girl who just like I was at Forever 21. She was brand new, didn't know what she was doing. I think she might have been like a holiday temp person. And because she didn't know what she was doing, I was trying to guide her and give her pointers and da da da, da. And I kind of took on the role of guiding her because she kind of had a little bit of a lazy attitude. She actually confessed to me that she would like smoke on the job, which like, you know, no offense, but let's face it, marijuana is gonna make you a little tired, a little lazy, and that's fine when you're at home. And so I was getting pissed because like, hey, we're making the same amount of money and you're doing not even half of the shit I'm, I'm doing. And you're here just like sitting, twiddling your thumbs, waiting for someone to tell you something. So I'm going to tell you to do something because I'm, you know, I was super busy. I was trying to literally flip this store and I was trying to really improve their numbers and their sales and this and that. Um, And she was just like, la-di-da-di-da. And it freaking pissed me off and that's one thing like one thing my parents taught me is how to work hard like and if you do a job you're gonna do it right and you're gonna put your whole chest and heart and soul and passion into it that's what I was everywhere as like the realities of work hit I feel like I would lose motivation and like my will to live but anyways um so she ended up like going up to the manager and being like I think she sees me as competition and like she hates me or something um so the manager pulled us in and she was like okay if this keeps going on between you two one of you is gonna have to go one of you will be america's next top model and one of you will have to go home and then after the meeting was done she was like okay um to the other girl let's say annie okay annie you can leave and she left me in her office and she was like just so you know that threat was to her not to you you're doing amazing you're killing it i see so much in you da 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 um, so if this continues, Annie's going home. And I was like, honestly, don't worry about it. Um, at this point, I already started my content creation journey and, you know, I already was monetizing and I will get to it. But basically I was making the same amount from one collab as I would working two 40 hour weeks. And I went home, I told my husband, I was like, dude, this girl's stressing me out. Like, I love this job, but she's making it miserable. And like, this is my dream. I've always wanted to work for this company, yada, yada, yada. And he was like, I don't know why you're even complaining. It's it's clear that you don't need to be there. Um, it's not adding to your life. Like, you wanted to work here because it was so fun and now it's not fun. So whatever. And it's like, you're coming back exhausted. You can't even put like effort into your content, which is 
where the money is and it's only going to keep getting big, bigger if you you know go full force so he was actually like my biggest cheerleader and he's like you should quit um but i'm getting ahead of myself because you're probably like heather how did you get started with content how did you get to the point where you could quit your full-time job and be okay with it so I actually started creating content in 2020 when the pandemic started, but it was like super silly trash content that was just like me lip syncing to a trending sound. I was treating it kind of like a personal Instagram account where I would just make fun little videos once in a while and I didn't really expect anything of it. Well, one day I was like, oh, you know what would be fun is if I did a finger down challenge, but I didn't follow someone else's. I did my own because I don't know. I just thought, you know, I met my husband through Tinder and I feel like that's kind of a unique experience. Little did I know it was not that unique, but I posted a video. I was like, put a finger down if you swipe right on a half naked man. La, 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 la. And I maybe I did kind of know what I was doing because I kind of made it sound like it was going to be terrible and then it had a happy ending which i think is why it went viral and it enticed a lot of people but what really pulled people in wasn't even my story it was my hair my makeup my nails my sweater um i don't know i guess my voice or like and so people started asking like oh can you please do a tutorial for your eyeliner can you do a tutorial for your foundation your nose contour your your hair your this your that and so I started to fulfill these requests. What I missed and what I think retrospectively now, what I would have, what I should have done is realize that people liked me. People liked when I spoke. People liked the way I talked and did things. And so I should have continued that with how I was responding to people. Um, when I was doing tutorials, I would do it silent to music. Or when I was doing my hair, I would do it silent to music. And so I lost kind of the initial spark of why people started following me, right? So again, because I was working full time in 2020, I would only do a couple videos a week on the weekends, you know, when I actually had the energy to get ready. And I didn't know anything about creating great quality or hashtags or like hooks and call to actions and all this stuff i fast forward i think to 2021 2022 maybe i did another video where i was applying makeup and telling a story again theme that people liked when i talked i was telling a story and again it went viral and people were like oh what lashes are you putting on please share your foundation machine da, 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 da. and so again i kind of continued that format of responding to people but not using my voice Basically, the theme of this is like for two years, I was creating content inconsistently with low quality, with no like true purpose. I was just kind of responding to people and, you know, sharing outfits, but without giving any real value. I must have gotten a little bit consistent because I was getting brand offers and I was getting companies. I remember my first brand deal was like a $50 for one tiktok and i was like oh my god 50 dollars that's more than i make in one hour and obviously i didn't take into account the value of social media marketing um but it was huge for me it was like for a card game and you know i started working with brands like l'oreal and like sally's and all these other brands like i literally couldn't even tell you or remember i remember i freaked out when miss lola reached out to me and like princess polly and white fox and poshmark 
I was freaking out. I'm like, these are all brands that I love, that I have supported other people, you know, creating sponsored content for. And now it's my, I knew it was time to leave my full-time job when a single campaign was paying more than two weeks of my job. What I didn't take into account, and I almost don't wish, I almost wish I didn't necessarily jump off quite then, collabs are high paying for sure but they're very inconsistent they pay 30 60 or 90 days later and you could get a deal for you know maybe two weeks of your full-time job but then the next deal might be half of that and it might be the only one for the month so i personally as a content creator could have managed to grow as i did if i didn't dedicate full time to creating content like once I quit my job, I was creating five to seven videos a day. I was only answering requests of people. At this time, I think my concert slash festival outfits were really popping off. And I would do like five to seven concert outfit inspos. And I think I burned myself out. And so I had to take a step back. I also was coming to terms with all my family trauma that I was going through. I kind of like sank into my depression and you can listen to other videos to hear kind of what that was like so it kind of took me a step back I kind of was filming maybe one video a day maybe one every other day I was definitely losing my consistency and losing my speed of creating content when I started getting collabs getting emails from companies i created a media kit i created a rate sheet and i created it an llc so that i could properly move forward and like actually you know do proper taxes and so when i did that i started you know looking on tiktok like oh how to reach out to brands and most of them keep their like pr or like campaign email on their website so I would email like 10 brands a day and after a month of that well, not every day but after a month of emailing brands on a weekly basis realizing that most of them were not getting back to me or if they were they were like oh sorry we don't have a budget I realized this is kind of a wasted time because I would allot a certain amount of time every day or every other day to do that. I was like, this is kind of a waste of time. I think I'm just going to stick to creating content and the brands that want to work with me will work with me. And that's kind of the mentality that I kept up until a little bit later. Around a year ago, I realized like, okay, being here isn't for me. We were really far out, isolated away from people. So I was like, let's move closer to the city. And for some reason, when we moved here, it really allowed me to be more consistent. Just like the setup of everything is a little bit more easy to film, the lighting, the location, um, the setup of like where my closet is and everything. I know these details don't really matter to you guys, but I was finally able to be more consistent. Also in this place, I found myself, social media identity, how I like to edit, how I like to film, what type of content, how I like to talk, my quality. My quality improved so much. I'll mention this in the tips, but like there's a space for everyone, whether you want to create really high quality, long edited videos, or you want to create super relaxed, chatty videos. Like Ken Urich is a great example of someone who 
respectfully puts in very little effort very little planning she just kind of talks on the fly shoots the shit and posts it with really <laughs> little planning which like amazing but even if i had the personality to pull a lot of views and attention from just doing that i think i would still love putting in effort because it really gets my creative flow going and i don't know i just love i love creating the type of content that i wish i could watch a lot of the times the videos that go viral for me are videos that i do with no planning <laughs> no script no idea behind before i literally just open the tiktok app and record and then i upload so after moving to where we currently are and i upped my quality and i created like this presence and like standard of editing and how i talk and what type of content i create i actually had gotten a few emails from a few management companies i think three or four at this time and i had spoken with a couple of them and i decided on one management company who was a little bit smaller and i was like okay i feel like if it's smaller i'll be able to get attention they also represented some of my favorite like og youtube people i did have some reservations about this and i kind of felt a little hesitant but i was like girl this is like the opportunity of a lifetime at the time i felt like once you get a manager you've made it and it's just uphill from there in the in a good way like you only have more success and more exposure ahead of you so my hesitation was that they mainly only represented youtubers or like instagrammers and i felt like maybe their expertise was not in current times i felt like maybe their thoughts were a little antiquated because they've mainly de dealt with youtubers and i love youtube but it definitely has gone downhill a lot in the sense that not a lot of people upload like your favorite youtubers don't really upload as much anymore and if they do they obviously don't get that many views and i was just like a little hesitant because of that but i decided to sign i was like honestly this is probably going to be better off for me than i would by myself because i'm doing absolutely zero outreach for myself i'm just kind of waiting for them to come in and so i signed and they said okay it's gonna be a slow start and i was okay with that <laughs> um i think they sent over contracts december and i was officially signed in january january came february came march came i had one campaign march great march passed what's after march april may i probably had three campaigns during my my five months with them may came i went to greece i went to turkey i came back and i was healing um in bed and i get a text from my manager saying hey we need to talk and because i had just gone abroad my phone was glitching and i was like i can't talk actually because my phone's broken but like what's up and she said this management company is dropping me as in my manager and i was like oh shoot that sucks but my first thought was well maybe they'll give me another manager and maybe this manager will actually be a little bit more active and she'll get me more brand deals and da, 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 da. And immediately after she sends a an edit to her text and she said this management company is dropping my clients and i was like oh shit and immediately 
my first thought was, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not like hot enough. I'm not aesthetic enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. I'm not, I'm not enough. And I was like, they're dropping me because I'm not enough. And I felt, I felt free, but I felt really unworthy at the same time because here I have associated being managed with success. And so now that I was getting dropped, I was like, shit, I am a fuck up piece of shit nobody. My manager ended up divulging that like basically shit was going down with the company and they had they were short-staffed and so each manager had to handle a lot more than they were used to um not only just talent but also like emails and all this other stuff campaign details and all this stuff that i didn't know about for the entire entirety of the time i worked with them and i had been feeling kind of pushed to the back And I thought this whole time that like, oh, I'm not big enough or, you know, I don't have enough of a presence on Instagram or YouTube and they, you know, it doesn't benefit them to really be pushing me out there. So it finally started clicking like, oh, okay. So she literally didn't have enough time or energy or attention on me. And that's probably why I didn't have that many brand deals. Um, At least that's what I told myself (laughs) to make myself feel better. But yeah, once Once they let me go, I felt really free and I felt like I didn't have to hold back anymore because during my time with them, um, they did say like, oh, you post more than any of our other talent. Like, why don't you just take it back a notch? And I was like, what? I was so scared. Um, They're like, yeah, why don't you just, I don't think they suggested three times a week, but they were like, why don't you look at other content creators who you like and see how often they post? And a lot of them were posting every day, but I found one that was like posting every other day during the week. I felt more tired and more drained posting three times a week than I had previously posting every day. And I just felt once they let me go, I felt free. And I was like, okay, well, I can pursue these projects that I've been wanting to do. I brought up to my manager that I wanted to do a podcast and I wanted to do merch. And once they dropped me, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, let's go. A month from the moment that they dropped me, I launched my merch. I launched my podcast a month after that. And I feel like I'm just in this groove where I know what my brand stands for. I know what I want to represent. I want to lead women to feel more confident and like authentically themselves. And I feel like that's what I'm doing. And I've heard such amazing things from you guys like the feedback you're like i feel this so hard or like you make me so confident you make me want to be myself you make me want to dress up you make me want to do xyz you motivate me to like get up and work out and da 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 and i'm like that's exactly what i wanted i wanted community i wanted friends and yeah i'm just so happy with where i'm at right now after they dropped me i was getting emailed from a lot of other management companies and i was like i don't really feel like going down that rabbit hole again because it felt like a relationship i felt like i had gotten broken up with and i wasn't healed and i wasn't ready to go down that path again but i'm currently working with a management company we're on a trial run to see how it works but so far i already love the people and my manager and i'm just really optimistic which i mean i made a vision board that i'm looking at right now that kind of makes me a little sad i'm not gonna lie because 
I remember at the beginning of the year, I had the news that I'm going to be managed. And I was like, this is, there's no limit. I can do anything I want. And I just had like this amazing energy at the beginning of the year. I'm like, I'm going to be fucking rich. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be working with Vogue and I'm going to be on red carpets and I'm going to be, you know, creating my own line of clothes or shoes or something. I'm going to be on billboards. And I just, I really thought that this was the beginning of career shattering beginning like in the best way possible and you know we're in august and a lot of the things on my vision board didn't come true and it it does make me sad but i think that's an important part of this job to realize is like nothing is really linear it's not consistent it's not predictable and you can want and dream and hope all these things but it's not nothing is guaranteed and you know what i maybe was never on a red carpet this year or, or my face was not on a billboard this year but I did find my community and I feel like we've gotten so much stronger. And at the end of the day, that is why I'm here. I'm not here. I mean, sure, that would be fun to be on a red carpet or put my face on a billboard, but that doesn't do anything for you and me. You know, I feel like a podcast or creating YouTube is like more doing more for our friendship than anything else, you know? And of course, I would be endlessly grateful if those things were to come true but i'm really grateful for you guys some things i recommend you do first off be yourself don't copy other people don't just take someone else's page and be like okay they did a get ready with me i need to do a get ready with me okay they wore this outfit and this pose okay let me do this outfit and this pose because there's already a heather michelle and respectfully you're not going to be a better heather michelle than me so the best you, you're going to be is number two. Do you really want to be number two at something for the rest of your life, for your career? No. But you know what you can be number one at? Yourself. There's no other person like you, and that is your power. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's so true. And I feel like a lot of people get discouraged because it's like, oh, there's already so many makeup artists on TikTok. There's already so many fashion people. There's already so many gamers. There's already so many whatever. Right. But no one is going to do it like you. And sure, do people do tutorials? Yeah, but how can you bring yourself into that? How can you make it something unique to you? Is it your editing? Is it your cadence? Is it the way you talk? Is it the way you do your makeup? Um, whatever it is, like make something you. And I think people get so caught up in like, how do I edit like you? And how do I do this like you? And what do you use? What phone do you use? What camera do you use? What editing app? And it's like, same thing with clothes people are like where do you shop da, da, da. And it's like what thrift store and it's like it's not about the thrift store you could go shopping right next to me and you're gonna pick up different things that i do because you don't have my eyes i don't have your eyes i don't have the vision you have and you don't have the vision i have so just stay in your lane do things the way you want to do them and my biggest like tip to guide you is like who would you want to follow as a kid who would you want to influence you as a kid be that influence, be that person, you know, and everything else should fall into place. I feel like at the end of the day, anytime you pull in your inner child to help guide you, you're going to be good. So, okay. My next tip, I guess that was two tips. 
my third tip is pick a niche and by pick a niche I don't mean you have to pick one you could pick a couple you could pick a handful you could pick some that don't even go together like there's this girl I used to follow her name's Jasmine and she did like gym content cars and makeup and even though they don't sound like they would go together those three niches perfectly describe who she is as a person like she loves cars she loves makeup and she loves working out and so those niches are going to work with her and believe it or not there are other people that go to the gym love makeup and love cars so pick niches that really represent who you are fully my whole life i've loved beauty hair fashion makeup i also love inner growth i love like spirituality you know self-improvement and um i also love like being active and being healthy and living and all these things and i'm vegetarian so i feel like all those combined like really describe who i am like i'm all about the inner and outer beauty i'm about balance helping people become authentically themselves and being confident so i feel like those are those are my niches and you know maybe if you try to apply those to yourself they're they're not going to feel authentic to you so it's about picking your favorites like are you a a fashion skateboarder dog walker are you i don't know like pick whatever really resonates with you and again they don't have to perfectly go together but they will go together because they're part of you my next tip is teach people what to expect and like I mentioned before, there's room for every type of person on the internet. Are you someone who wants to put in like some wisdom level production and editing? That guy probably spends multiple days editing one 15 second video. There's also people like Ken Yurick who literally just grab their phone and have a thought vomit, (laughs) word vomit moment and they post it, no hashtags, no fucking title and it goes viral neither one of them is necessarily better than the other they both have their value in the market and they both have their value with their audiences but you teach people what to expect from you wisdom if he were to post a video like ken yurik his audience probably wouldn't resonate and they probably wouldn't engage and if ken yurik did a lookbook people would probably be like okay ken (laughs) who's like putting a gun to your head you know like i know i'm not going to go to ken yurik for five outfit inspos i'm not gonna go to wisdom for his like high thoughts you know what i'm saying or like shower thoughts and here's one thing i maybe did wrong is i was just responding to requests and if people asked for a hard summer outfit inspo even though i don't even fucking know what the fuck hard summer is and i've never fucking been and i don't plan on it i was like okay i'll do that that doesn't really resonate with me i love the fact that concert outfit inspos are so fun and playful and they're a little bit more creative than regular day-to-day outfits but i'm not a concert girl i have not been to a concert since beyonce went on her lemonade tour i made a mistake by having my followers expect that they can come to my page for any concert outfit inspo they need i don't want to do that So when I realized that people were only commenting on my post because they want more concert outfit inspo, I realized, okay, we're going to put a limit to it. I only let myself do a couple concert outfit inspos a month because I don't want to let those people down, but I also want to be able to be creative with them and have fun with them, which I love. But I don't want to make it my niche and I don't want to have it be a huge part of my identity. So I taught people 
you're gonna have to wait you're gonna if you want to follow me that's fine but you're gonna get more day-to-day fashion more day-to-day makeup more lifestyle vlogs um maybe like some thought pieces and if you you can also get some concert outfit inspo here and there but that's not who i am and that's not all i'm good for I, I kind of taught my audience to expect like a balance. I love doing like my high production, white backdrop type videos, but I also love just randomly thinking of something and being like, hey, do you guys feel this way too? And I feel like it's a great way to keep the community alive because it just shows that like I'm not this prim, perfect little edited version i'm also a person and i'm also human and i feel like this podcast allows for that to come across my youtube my instagram stories and so people can expect me to be a person and not just this perfect little influencer who's always happy and i every time i go on live i make make sure that's a point i'm like yeah i am nice but sometimes i'm not sometimes i'm a bitch and i don't want you to be upset if you ever see that side of me it's just another side of me it's just part of being human and i have taught people to expect me to be a normal person and i'm not going to be all smiles and rainbows and have a commercial voice all the time you know that's just not who i am i don't want to be a fucking fake influencer how to make money if you're just beginning and you feel like brands don't quite know who you are they're not reaching out uh use platforms like aspire iq and obviously and all these other things you can literally google like influencer paid campaign platforms and you'll see a whole bunch i signed up for a ton i still get emails for them but the thing about these platforms is that they're really low paying for what you're worth so it's a great start but i wouldn't continue doing it you know in your progression as a content creator um you can email brands. I just feel like it's a waste of time. A lot of them don't get back to you or if they do, it's like months and months later. So, and usually like they'll definitely lowball you if you reach out to them as, you know, a content creator um, because they're like, oh, they want us. When people want you, they're going to be willing to pay more. So I just usually <laughs> let them come to me obviously now it's a little different that I have a manager and like there's a level of legitimacy and there's a level of like professionalism that comes with having a manager and you know so that kind of changed things but yeah and be patient don't force it and don't only do it for the money because if you do it just for the money you're going to be quitting a million times you're there's going to be times where you make money where you don't where you make a super great budget and sometimes you're gonna have a shit budget but if you do it just for the money you're gonna be shit out of luck like it's you'd be better off working at in and out because that money is consistent and that money is you know trackable and you can have your taxes and your retirement and all this shit all in one place and this kind of goes back to like try not to email brands is just let your work speak for itself everyone who needs to come into your life will come into your life and again like there's come going to be companies that want a more like effortless authentic person and there's going to be companies that want that super well edited put together high quality content so don't morph yourself or what you like to film or what you enjoy creating just to predict like or just to invite more brand deals or more followers or whatever. Just do what you want to do because there's always going to be someone who also feels the same way.
As far as monetizing, I just would recommend having a media kit and a rate sheet and having examples of your work that you've had with other brands to kind of speak to, you know, why you're charging what you're charging. Um, definitely Google a little bit more or look it up on TikTok is really helpful. They have tons of like content creation tip people on there, but like just know that it's not just about creating a TikTok and having a price for that. There's also exclusivity. There's also usage, right? There's also like perpetuity. And like, if they're late, you can charge them for that. And just remember like to charge your worth, but also we're coming up on difficult times. So a lot of brands don't have the biggest budget like they did maybe a year ago. Someone asked financially and some book recommendations for glowing up. Do you have a list of finance books? Um, the Richest Man in Babylon uh, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I've read those two books. I also looked up The Millionaire Fastlane by MJ DeMarco and Money Master, The Game of Unshakable by Tony Robbins. And those are on my to-read list. As far as finance goes, I honestly don't know that much. My finance background, my family grew up poor. I didn't even grow up learning how to save, let alone growing up how to invest. I mean, I got into debt to get away from my toxic household, but I would say like learn to walk before you run. Obviously, everything is available on Google. You can literally Google anything if you really want to, but learn to walk before you run. Learn to pay off your debt before you try to invest. Maybe try to have an emergency fund or, you know, a savings account, and then you can try to work on investing and then if you're going to work on investing maybe you do like the boring stuff like a high yielding savings account or a roth ira or a 401k um even like things like acorns there's apps for how to invest like little little tiny amounts before you try to go learn about stocks and bonds and cds and all this like just take it step by step i know everyone wants to be like okay i have a hundred dollars like how can i become a millionaire and it's like why don't you why don't you pay off your debt with that $100 first? Or why don't you try to reduce like the amount of money you spend so that every month you have a little bit more to invest every month? I will say my husband and I are very blessed because neither of us had any school debt. We for a lot of our marriage, we had our cars paid off. We had very low like out going bills. And so it was super easy for us to save for a house honestly i think it took us like four months to save for a good chunk of down payment and like obviously still maintain our savings and all that um we were lucky enough that when we sold our house we were able to make a profit this was right before like all the rates and stuff started causing the market to slow down um and we were able to invest that money and yeah I don't want to give any like legit financial advice like um invest in this stock and buy this bond like no i'm not going to do that because that's not my place but um just be smart <laughs> be smart um and i'm not going to tell you to not go get your five dollar coffee because like go off queen one cherub asked i want to be better about my daily habits and being consistent and at this point we're at episode number four of glowing up and I'm going to be a little rough with you. If you want to be better about your daily habits and being consistent, then be better about your daily habits and being consistent. 
there's nothing I can say to make you consistent. There's nothing your your parents or your your spouse, your partner can do to make you consistent. You have the power in your hands. And if you're not where you want to be, it usually is because of something in your hands. The same could be said about my position. The same could be said about anyone's. Obviously, I'm not taking into account like fucking socioeconomic and racial shit and all that. But in general, if you want to be consistent about daily habits, then be fucking consistent about daily habits. There's obviously like methods to go about that. And for that, I would recommend uh, reading The Atomic Habit. It's nothing revolutionary, but if you don't know how to have a habit, read that book. It'll teach you how to make a habit. Basically, you have like your your cue, your habit, and your reward. And for me, it's like, okay, my cue is I wake up. My habit is that I go to Pilates. And my reward is that I feel good. I feel refreshed. I feel energized. And that reward is usually why you maintain that habit. What is your reward? What do you want to feel or have or do at the end of this habit cycle to make you feel better? And only you have the answer to that. What is going to motivate you? Um, you need to really dissect your own life. I can't tell you anything that'll make you want to do it. I want to improve my relationships on my end, my communication. Again, if you want to, then do it. I know it's so much easier said than done, but you don't have to be perfect at it straight out of the gate. If you want to communicate, it could be as simple as, hey, I know we're having an argument. I'm not the best at communication. I'm just letting you know I can't put my finger on how I'm feeling, but I'm not feeling good. And then maybe your partner or your spouse or whatever, whoever you're trying to communicate with will help you kind of coax those emotions out and help you process your emotions but you don't have to be perfect you don't have to be super eloquent and like psychoanalyze yourself to be worthy of communication you know like it just starts with saying hey i want to communicate i don't know how but this is me communicating you know how to be more social girl you're asking the wrong person and last question was skin and i actually um am posting that on tiktok so go follow me there the landscaping people are getting closer if you can hear that so i'm going to have to check out but thank you guys so much for listening please don't forget to rate and review that really helps out the podcast so that more cherubs can find us if you want to participate in next week's ask your angels then follow me on instagram and yeah until next time i love you and don't forget that you are never alone when you're a part of the cherub club bye